Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to Role Models, Juicy Conversations with Beautiful Humans. Today's juicy conversation is with an absolutely gorgeous woman, Andrea Thomas. This woman is a true work of art. Andrea was diagnosed at a young age with a unique skin type called vitiligo. Even though her skin condition is considered very rare, her journey towards self-acceptance is so relatable and her story is so empowering. Today, Andrea is a beauty and fashion model paving the path in the beauty industry for curvy women with vitiligo. Welcome, Andrea. Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you. Now, you have such a compelling story, but first, I want to help educate everybody who's listening. Can you tell everyone what is vitiligo? Yes, so the best way to describe vitiligo is it basically is your immune system attacking your pigment. So your skin cells have melanocytes, which give you your skin color. And yeah, so it's an autoimmune condition basically because my immune system is just kind of overactive and <laughs> that explains like my loss of pigment. How old were you when you were first diagnosed? I think it took a little while to get the official diagnosis and my parents were trying to treat it at home without knowing, but it started happening around the age of five. And so somewhere between like five to seven, I would say I was officially diagnosed because at the time, I just remember like some doctors not knowing, having a name for it. So like it took a while to get a name for it because I guess it could also be so many other things. And the way it first presented itself was I would fall down and get like cuts and scrapes and then my skin would heal but then I would kind of be losing pigment in that area mm. but so we didn't know if it was like temporary or not and we didn't know what it was and it didn't bother me too much but what changed for that was just I guess being treated at a young age and like what that entailed and going to the dermatologist regularly like twice a week leaving school early to go all of those did kind of make an unintentional impact on me Right, right. So mm -hmm. when you would fall down, you would almost not know if it was just a scar, like it was just mm -hmm. like a, a discoloration or something that mm -hmm. lasted. And then all of a sudden it started to evolve elsewhere on the body. Is that how it was? It spreads. Yeah. Then I started to notice I was just getting like new spots and it would have nothing to do with falling down and scraping myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for those who are just listening, Andrea has extraordinary skin. She's got these extraordinary patches of beautiful dark pigmentation, as well as a combination and a mix of, of light skin tone. And so it really creates these very unique patterns. And from what I understand, they, they change. Your patterns evolve over time. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. Sometimes it's more active than other times and it can change according to even like sun exposure, which is not intentional, but um, you know, here in California, you're in the sun a lot. So I have to be extra cautious. Um, I'll just show you, I have like, it looks like a tiny little freckle pattern. <laughs> Yeah, on her face close to her <laughs> eye area. Okay. I see it. <laughs> yeah so this will probably cause a lot of change this oh, little part yeah um but it's like kind of temporary it'll fade over time but it'll get darker first so it's just interesting like uh uv rays are like you know kind of dangerous so like i said this was not intentional but i had like the slightest pink right here after i went to the beach one day uh -huh. and i was like oh it's probably because i didn't reapply enough 
And then I didn't think I was there that long either, but this will pop up. It's basically like the deeper layers of my skin that still have pigment. This is like mm. my original skin coloring trying to make its way to the surface. So it's just interesting. There's so many things with vitiligo that I really just learned to be more vigilant about taking care of my skin. So it's one good thing. Yeah. Now, from what I understand, vitiligo only impacts like one to 2% of the world's population. So it is incredibly rare. And so it's no wonder that a lot of dermatologists or other professionals can't really tell you very much about it, because I think that only in the past, maybe several years, has there been some more broad awareness built out of what the condition is, what caused it, or what can cause it to actually be susceptible to change. And to your point, sun, you know, being exposed to sun, or I think because it is considered an autoimmune situation that it could be anything health or stress related too. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Any stress, like any trauma, physical or emotional can cause your vitiligo to spread more. It's very difficult to treat. There's no cure for it. Some people have had success doing different treatments, which is great. There's a lot of misinformation out there. I know like for some people, their vitiligo first presented itself from kind of like mine. I told you I was falling down and getting mm -hmm. scrapes and cuts. And I think that caused my body to react that way, which it would have at some point in my life, even if I had never fallen down or fell off a bike. So I think that's something that I understood later on in life. There are some really good dermatologists that will be able to explain a lot more to you. I feel like I've picked up like pieces of information from different doctors over the years. And that is just like one piece of living with a condition like this is as a patient, you know, your experience and the information you're given is so important. I know that there's like patient advocacy programs. And um, even though vitiligo is considered like kind of rare, it is a disease that affects a lot of people. People should be able to find, you know, the care that they need or someone that they can talk to about what bothers them the most and what they want out of an experience at a dermatologist. Amazing. Yes. I think a lot of the condition may be more psychological and more emotional than it is actually physical, because as I understand, there is no real pain, like physical pain, is there? No, there isn't. But it's funny you mentioned that because uh -huh. up until two years ago, I realized that there is an aspect of pain possibly. So just having any autoimmune condition can make you more likely to get another one or multiple autoimmune conditions. So a lot of people with vitiligo get rheumatoid arthritis or lupus, psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, um, endometriosis. And I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis two years ago. So it's a different condition, but related. So I think that's also important for people to know, like, yeah, I have this, what seems kind of cosmetic, like a skin condition, but it affects me in so many ways. And I do need to be on top of it. And uh, I only was diagnosed through blood work, but specific blood work I requested because I felt that I was having symptoms. So it's just important to be aware, you know, at some point I could get this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I'm curious because I know that you said any stress or trauma can cause an inflammation and that seems like it would be very logical because of the fact that it is an autoimmune response. And so are there things that you do to manage stress or to keep yourself more on the Zen side? I need to be better about it. But if you know me, I am a pretty Zen person most of the time. <laughs> 
honestly, vitiligo has taught me so much about life. It's taught me to be very patient. It's taught me to take things in stride. Life can be so unpredictable. I never knew I would have a diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis at this age. And I feel like, yeah, I've learned a lot of life's lessons and I, I just try to treat people with grace. I just know people don't know what I'm going through, so I don't know what they're going through. And yes, I definitely try to stay peaceful, stay zen. I probably need to be better about it. But yeah, definitely therapy, talking to friends, doing whatever you need to do for yourself, you know, because I feel like things can just be so challenging out there. And then one thing I noticed lately is just having my skincare routine, which is not related to the vitiligo, gives me so much confidence and makes me feel prepared for almost anything. <laughs> because I'm like, at least I did my skincare. I was on top of that. <laughs> it's a ritual. It's like a skincare as self-care ritual. And a lot of people take that for granted. And, you know, it's like a lot of times I'll be even, you know, being in the skincare industry as myself, I'll be like washing my face very quickly. And then, you know, just like slap on some moisturizer because I'm in a rush. And then I'm like, you know what, this is such an opportunity to just really focus on intention and all that. So it's nothing to beat ourselves up over, of course, but it's like, you know, this could be a really nice moment. If I have a spare couple of minutes, it really doesn't take that long, but to your point, it could, it could actually just be one of those little resets for you each day. Yes. It's so important. I one time got in a fight with my sister, (laughs) but I had done like 10 steps of skincare that day that I was like, man, I just like, at least I did that. Like I'm upset, but I'm not that upset. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to dive in a little bit more because you said that, you know, it's taught you so much about life, but from the point where you were diagnosed to the point where you started to become more okay with yourself and recognize, you know, this is who I am and I embrace this. I mean, can you tell us what that was like? It's just like been a journey, like anything in life, especially as a woman, I feel like going through so many changes physically, my parents with like each change, I've kind of just learned to work with it. It's just like, okay, like this is what I got going on. So how can I be the best version of me and still, you know, show up and feel my best? And it's hard sometimes, I'm not going to lie, but it's just about resilience and finding a way to focus on what's important, just being the best you that you can be. You know, a lot of people have opinions. People have said all kinds of things to me, like there's got to be something you can do. There's got to be something you could change about your diet. I've heard it all. And it used to really affect me and make me feel sad inside. Like, this is what people think about me that I just like don't take care of myself. And that's why I have it. It used to affect me. And I feel like that was passed down to me kind of from my parents, because I think that they weren't well equipped to deal with it either. And I felt like people kind of made them feel shame a little bit that maybe they could be doing more to take care of their daughter. And I hope they don't feel that way anymore because I know that they did everything they could and they tried hard and I still had a great life (laughs) growing up I have no complaints um I always had friends I always felt loved I just think they just didn't know really how to understand what I needed best did I want makeup did I want to continue doing treatment did I like getting treated did I want to ignore it we just like didn't have a lot of talks about that you feel alone sometimes it's getting better because there's like community you can find but I think that 
most people who go through something like this feel alone. They might be the only person that they actually know who has it. So I just think it's important to find your people. (laughs) Yeah. I love that you just mentioned that because I actually have a similar, it's quite a different situation, but a similar story in terms of parenting, because I happen to be a mom of a disabled boy. And I remember, you know, at first feeling like I need to find solutions. You get into that, like there's a mode as a parent, like the fixer solution, sort of a person that comes out. And it was only until more recently where I recognized that me stressing out and me feeling like I needed to fix something was causing my son to feel that he needed to be fixed and that he wasn't perfect or there was something wrong with him. And so that was a great lesson for me. And one that I would impart to other parents is like, your kids are awesome the way that they are and they're perfect in their special way and relinquish control, relinquish the need to fix that feeling that, you know, because you're the parent, you have to control the situation or protect or anything like that. Once I recognized that I needed to step back and just love and just love my child where he is and how he is and not stress out about solutions or, or fixes or, or look through every court because it was causing me to be a crazy person, frankly, and that was <laughs> not helping anyone around me. And once mm-hmm. I just developed that sense of release and allowing it changed everything. It, it just gave more open room for love and for flow and just positive energy in general. And so I, I'm hoping that any parent that's listening might find some words of relatability in that because it could be the difference between people feeling true, true love and acceptance for themselves as well as from their family members. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Now, talking about acceptance, I mean, you are a model now. <laughs> you are a beauty and a fashion model. And I want to learn all about how did that happen? What was the discovery story? Um, it was through Instagram, honestly. Everything is kind of happening over there. <laughs> I was looking into it. I had like kind of like waves of time where I'm just like, maybe I could do it. Maybe I could get some photos done especially with how rapidly my looks can change, my skin can change. It's just something cool to document. Even if I look back and I'm like, oh, look at when I did that photo shoot one time. Like that's the most I thought I would get out of it is like do some cool photos and call it a day. So I was just like digging around a little and I like had found a few people on Instagram with vitiligo and I was really excited about that. There was a few letting communities, Instagram accounts, And so I was just like looking at what other people were doing. I was seeing all these beautiful pictures people were posting. It was so inspiring. It made me feel good. And then I found an agency that I applied to. Um, This is like the original agency I signed with and I still work with them. They work out in New York. Through that, like I booked some amazing campaigns and then Danny from Natural found me and reached out to me on Instagram. He was new at Natural actually. I think that I'm the first model he scouted because he was brand new. So he really didn't have a lot of followers and I didn't know who he was at first. So this person's like commenting to go check my DMs. And then 
and he was a legit agent just looking to scout me. He's like, are you represented? So that's my story of how I got signed with Natural. And it's been a great relationship. And I never imagined that I would be booking some of the campaigns that I am. I thought, you know, I told you, I just thought it would be fun to take some pictures. And then it's just been exciting to see the direction my career as a model is going and how I'm able to meet so many people and have more opportunities to advocate for my community. It's been amazing. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about the beauty industry and the evolution of fashion, you know, shapewear and body positivity? Like, what are your thoughts about the whole shift that's happening? I have a lot of feelings about it. I don't know. I'm like fully understanding everything that goes on. I am happy that a person like me is able to book campaigns and be seen in the media because I feel that that's important. Um, We talked about how I felt really alone that I didn't know anybody else who had vitiligo. And I think now we're seeing more people with vitiligo, so it's not so lonely. So it's wonderful seeing more representation and seeing vitiligo and seeing all kinds of bodies, all kinds of skin, different abilities. Like, that's amazing. I feel for me, yes, I support body positive movement, which is originally started by bigger girls. And I feel that we use that term for everything. What's been important for me is being neutral. I'm neutral about my body. I'm neutral about my skin. Like I do my best and I'm not looking to compare myself to anybody else's body because I think like we just miss the point sometimes. Like our skin is there to protect us. Our bodies have a purpose and I feel that we can kind of feed into our image and having the right look for our size everybody is really into snatched waist and I don't have that so. by the way where did that word come from it like I was like why do we call everything snatched like <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's what I mean I think like sometimes like, we just I'm like take oh a word or we take we take a word or we take a term and we like run with it without thinking too much so it's like yeah of course like I want people to feel positive about their looks and their body but not only if you fit within this allowed type what's approved by our society so um I don't know so I just like to say I'm body neutral (laughs) got it got it and I think that that's also extremely extremely healthy so one thing that you had said I read a quote that you had written and that is like when you love yourself you learn to live with what others view as problem skin and so can you say a little bit more about that I feel like confidence comes from loving yourself. It comes from love. You give yourself more grace. You give yourself room for growth, but also you know that you're valuable and worthy and other people may not feel the same way, but you know it. And that doesn't change based on what you look like. It's difficult to show up fully feeling your best and confident at all times, but I think it makes a difference for your own well-being and also maybe other people will change their minds about what they were thinking because I honestly know sometimes what people think of me when they see me and they just feel bad. People have asked if they could pray for me or they say like, I hope you get better. And they have good intentions. They have great intentions, but that doesn't always feel good. I mean, it's kind of funny to me now because I'm just like, okay, like it's not going to get better, but they do anyway. (laughs) It's hard to show up in this world as yourself and for other people to give you what you should already feel for yourself. So don't rely on 
people to tell you how amazing you are. You have to know it. And it takes time to come to that place sometimes. There's a quote that I saw that you had written, which is, I've always felt that being kind and having a friendly personality will make people reconsider how they treat someone with a physical feature Mm -hmm. that is stigmatized. Ooh, that one got me in the feels. I love that statement. And I agree with you. I think kindness is a superpower. And luckily, I find myself more and more in circles where people are really kind to each other. And I shun when I see things that don't speak kindness. To your point, there is a lot of acting with good intent. And then, you know, prayers (laughs) may not be the thing that you need. Pray for world peace. Pray for <laughs> pray for starvation to end in the world. Pray for wars to end. You know, those are the things that need praying for. Yeah. I mean, pray for me if you want to, but like now I'm embarrassed that you want to pray for me. Very, very sweet. So tell us when you were growing up, did you have any role models? Do you have any role models now? Growing up, let me see. I probably looked up to people just who I thought were really cool and successful and I was into music. I liked like Mariah Carey. I don't know. (laughs) You know, when you grow up, like you just live in your own fantasy world. But I will say I thought I was a model when I was a kid. So maybe there was something to that. Um, Yeah, you manifested your dream. (laughs) Yes. And I feel like now I have so many role models. Some people I really look up to are younger than me. You know, Winnie Harlow, for example, Ashley Graham as far as models. And then I love Oprah. I always tell people that. I just think she's so amazing. And I think she's such a positive person and she brings people so much joy. And regardless, like what you think about her, she's just a boss and her lifestyle is like what I'm striving for. Like I want to be on that level. She's neighbors with Adele, who's another person that I really admire. And I think what they have in common is they just seem like they're really good people. And they found their way and made a career and they're talented, but yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. What does a day in the life of Andrea Thomas look like? A day in my life is pretty regular. (laughs) It's a balance. We get like a lot of at-home castings and self-tapes that we submit for potential work. So when I'm not shooting, a lot of times I'm just doing like chores around the house or I try to like just be ready just in case I do book work. Like I need a haircut right now. I need to like be on top of that. (laughs) It's pretty chill. I go to my appointments, like doctor appointments and I clean, like, I don't know. And then the other part is just kind of thinking about your image and how you want to present yourself. And I feel like I haven't always been good about keeping up with fashion and what's in style, but I try to do that a little bit just because I do have to show up places and present myself well and not come in how I want to come in sweatpants. <laughs> a day in the life is honestly pretty average unless there's a shoot then it's like that's the only thing that's like a little different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Now there is a special date coming up on June 25th. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, so June 25th is World Vitiligo Day. There are lots of events. Like there's an official global vitiligo foundation and another big event happening in Minnesota. But I just feel like depending location-wise, what's convenient for you, I think it's great to have a bunch of different events going on. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Everybody, this is Andrea Thomas. You can find her on Instagram at androcks. And be sure to mark your calendar for June 25th, which is World Vitiligo Day. Andrea, thank you so much for being a beautiful human and joining us today.
Thank you.